Sunset Lake CBD is a majority employee-owned hemp farm located right outside of Burlington, Vermont. Before they started growing hemp, Sunset Lake Farms produced cream for Ben & Jerry's. Sunset Lake CBD doesn't use any pesticides or herbicides to grow any of its hemp plants, and they use organic fertilizer and other sustainable farming techniques to ensure the long-term health of the soil and to minimize their carbon footprint. So like all of us, my days are really stressful. By the end of the night, my kids are in bed, I'm taking a minute to chill, but I'm still unwinding. I recently started using the Relax Gummies infused with CBD isolate, reishi mushroom extract, and ashwagandha root extract. I'm really glad I tried these because they really helped me get ready for a good night of sleep, and I really think I sleep better, so I'd highly recommend it. So check out Sunset Lake CBD today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. That's sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. Farmer-owned, Vermont-grown, Sunset Lake CBD. Hey everyone, it's Cam Hurt, host of the Best Show Ever podcast, and we have got a second season coming out very soon that I am very excited about. We've got some very cool special guests, including musical acts that we all love, like Karina Reichman, Daniel Donato, Jake Brownstein from Eggy, Rick and Peter from Goose, and many more. Tune in for new episodes dropping on Osiris Media March 5th on the Best Show Ever podcast. Hey listeners. I want to tell you about a sponsor, Music Masters Collective. They're a nonprofit organization that produces unique music events, providing opportunities for fans and artists to meet and collaborate in an inspired and creative atmosphere. Every week, they host different events, all with the opportunity to learn from world-class musicians like Oteil Burbridge, Trouble No More, former members of the band, Milk Carton Kids, Nikki Glaspie, Bill Frizzell, Sean Colvin, and many more. This June, join the Fab Faux, Joan Osborne, John Sebastian, Marshall Crenshaw, and a great group of faculty for the debut of Magical Mystery Camp. This all-inclusive, once-in-a-lifetime music vacation experience in the heart of the Catskills will be packed with nightly performances, workshops, speakers, song circles, open mics, and a lot more. If you're a performing musician at any level, bring your instrument. If you're a music lover, bring your good spirit. It's an amazing experience for individuals, friends, and couples alike. Registration is open, spots are filling up, so check it out soon. And scholarships are available. Check out magicalmysterycamp.com slash helpingfriendly to learn more. Hi, this is Jordan with Spafford, and the podcast you are listening to is part of the Osiris Network. Osiris is creating a community that connects people like you with podcasts and live experiences about artists and topics you love. They'll be doing many live events this summer around the country, which will include artist interviews, contests, and more. Sign up for the newsletter at osirispod.com to stay in the loop.
Hey everybody, this is the Helping Friendly Podcast. We're listening to the quick hit for July 25th, 2018, the second night at the Bill Graham Civic Auditorium in San Francisco, California. I'm joined by my co-host RJB, who was at the show, uh, whereas I was not. Uh, <laughs> how you doing, RJ? Hey man, I'm good. I'm good. Um, let's see, before we dive into the show, we should tell everybody um, that... Uh, for one of those gorge shows on lure luresocial.com mm-hmm. mm-hmm. i was like third place for that that's night. awesome and ever since then i have tanked completely so i have not cracked i have not cracked the top 30 i think i was 30 one night and brad told me that was good but i think he was just trying to make me feel better he, he might have been but don't <laughs> worry i haven't been up there again <laughs> I haven't hit a ton of them. I, I'm going to keep picking the same songs because the songs I keep picking, they haven't played. So yeah. I'll just keep keep trying, right? No, I don't think that's the best strategy because you know they're only going to play <laughs> like one of those a night. You got to you got to lean into what you know is very likely coming, especially now that they're doing repeats. Yeah. As of set two at San Francisco. And, that's uh, true. Yeah, you you know you know what's coming. You know, Soul Planet's coming. Now, don't give away all my Okay, picks. sorry, sorry, See, come sorry. On. Yeah. But anyway, people should go to luresocial.com, L-U-R-E, and play against us. Um, yes. I think all, I think my, my name has HF Pod in it. I don't know if I've, others do. Matt's does. Uh, Matt's does. Mine, you wrote, uh, mine is Roger. Um, so come so come join us and, and play against us and beat us. Yes, the, the latter is the easy part. Um. <laughs> So what else can we say? Oh, we should tell people that uh, Beyond the Pond put out an episode uh, yesterday, I think. And they talk about, you know, the first five shows a tour and go deep on, was it the Gorge Chalk Dust? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, like Brian and Dave have both been on HF Pod before. And I think most people who listen have, have at least heard us talk about them or with them. But um, it's really cool the dynamic we have right now where we're doing these kind of quick hits on tour and then they're going in depth once every week, I think once every four or five shows, um, you know, they, they got good analysis and then they'll introduce you to like 50 indie bands that you've never heard of. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty, it's pretty accurate. Um, I think at some point by the end of this tour, we'll all get together and, you know, we HF pod people will all talk about what happened on this tour. And yeah. I think, I'm, I'd like to think that by the end of it, we're going to really have, uh, we're going to have a, a, an interesting story to tell. So I think, I think one is unfolding. I think so too. And, and, you know, um, well, I, I actually want to, I think we should tell the audience about the text exchange that we had all day yesterday. Cause I think it's a, a discussion point worth talking about, but I guess the other thing I would say is that Brad and I did the second, um, Osiris couch report on Wednesday, um, which was really fun. And um, we had Chirons with our name on it and everything. Um, and fancy. you, Jonathan, and Matt, and I will be doing it next Saturday night, I think around 7 o'clock, an hour before the show starts, from uh, from Matt's um, advanced uh, basement studio in, in Alexandria. So people should should tune into that because that'll be, that'll be a good time. And by next Saturday, you don't mean this Saturday. You mean the Saturday of the Atlanta shows. Yes, Atlanta. Saturday, August 4th. Yes, and um, people can go to uh, youtube.com slash Osiris Media or, or check out Relics' YouTube, and we appreciate Relics you know, pushing all of our stuff out there and helping us get going with it. It's been fun. I think yeah. we're going we're gonna to keep busting out more cool features. That's my goal. You know, um, where they can learn about those cool features is if they go to OsirisPod.com and sign up for the newsletter. 
That's true. That's where all of our features are. Plus, they can follow on the Twitters and all of that stuff. So. Yes, yes. Okay. So Jonathan, <laughs> Jonathan, there's a funny thing about opinions, you know? And it's that people have them about music all the time. I, I just want to warn the listeners that this is where RJ and I are about to fight. <laughs> um, Jonathan, what was your impression of, of the two nights of Bill Graham and, and particularly the second night, having watched watched Wednesday and listened to Tuesday? Yeah, um, I my impression of it the first night was that it was pretty good. It was pretty good. There was some good stuff there. Um, not super, super deep, but uh, great stuff throughout the first set. Um, the second set, the song I heard the ocean sing, Mercury, Carini, Chunk was outstanding. And Nice Coil to close it out. Um, good song selection, what have you. But the second night, the one we're really here to talk about. Um, yes. I think that is a a keeper show. I think the first set is a little up and down um, for, you know, and for a variety of reasons. I know why people might not like this song or that song or what have you. And we're never all going to agree on a set list. But the second set is so good. I think it makes up for that. That's what I think. And in a nutshell, I think that's fair. Um, And I, I, um, well, I guess just first on the first sets thing, I think I think almost all of the first sets so far have been sort of meandering at times. I, I know both the Tahoe shows had like first sets that kind of went they where they went through a series of songs and nothing nothing notable happened, and that's fine. That's what first sets are for. But then I think 2017 I think just spoiled fish fans because I think we're we are expecting more, you know, and as we always talk about, expecting more is is not a great recipe for success. Um, in terms of concert viewing, but you know, we're like, we're expecting like the, the jam night lawn boy or whatever, every first set or whatever people are hoping for. And that just kind of, uh, so I think 2017 has really spoiled fish fans. And, um, I think you're right. Like the both second sets had great parts. I think the Carini from the first night was my, was just, it was so intentional from the way I was looking at it. Um, and I had a great vantage point, just good seats and whatnot. But there's not a bad seat in that place. It's it's a definitely a place I would go back to, and I recommend anyone who hasn't been there go see fish there. Um, it just seemed like Trey was very intentionally building up that jam for like 15 minutes, you know, and that's like getting into that that bliss jam areas where he's most comfortable, I think. And it was just that was like really cool to watch because you kind of knew it was coming. It was like a long but patient kind of build up. Um, second night, I think you're right. The, the first set, um, first set didn't do a lot for me, um, ex- ex- except for the part where most people started sitting down, which was the backwards down the number line <laughs> into more, which are two songs that I, you know, I'm a sucker for that kind of shit. But those two songs, I, I love those songs, and well, I thought, I thought they were great. Well, can I let's take let's take on this first set in a little more mm-hmm, detail. Mm-hmm. Um, I, of course, I love Roger, and I don't care. If you don't say it, I tweeted this yesterday, if you don't say the name of the song in the song, then you can't tell me how to pronounce it. Even if the, even the guy who, who can't, nope. owns the rights to it? Not 20 years later. No, sorry. Cool. <laughs> I've been calling it that since 1998. So, too bad. Fair um, enough. We should ask the rest <laughs> of the band. No. We should no, ask no, Paige doesn't matter and what Mike and Fishman. Doesn't what if they're what all on your side, dude? Hey, well, that'd be great, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. 
Okay. Um, anyway, <laughs> but I, I, I love that song. I like it as an opener. However, I can see some people in the show taking that as being too kind of low key a launch. I can get yeah, that. it built it built up, and obviously it's a beautiful, you know, beautiful song and, and a great. Once they get to the instrumental part, you know, it's 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 beautiful. It, yeah. it, it, it picked up quickly. I think it was just the way they started it seemed quieter than usual and i think everyone like you know going nuts and and having them just sort of like drop into a very soft version of a of a somewhat slow song was not what people were expecting but again like that's you know that's everyone yeah, else's they, problem not fishes with tube yep and that's yep. rocking and icu is it's a good mm-hmm. song i don't fine. i fine. wouldn't understand why people wouldn't like that jim no. it's a quality not greatest ever but quality version of jim yeah, that was what I was. That was my call for the opener, and it it sort of, it, it almost was, but almost only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. Have you heard that expression? Um, I have heard that expression. I think that's only for old people, but, um, but yeah, yeah. Course, Silent then, is okay. I don't think yeah, it's like, a great version, honestly, of Silent in the Morning. Uh, but see, you know, I'm not. I'm not one to like question Fish's song choices. I really. Do, I usually don't because I. I don't, there's nothing, there's no point to it really. Are you except a fish for, fan? <laughs> but you know, like whatever they, I, I say on Twitter all the time, mostly to, to troll people, but also cause I believe it, that like, they're going to play what they want to play. You have nothing to do with it. So either go along with it or, or find a different thing to well, do, you know? That's the truth. Um, I just would say that, you know, the people who may be doubting hearing or silent here probably should realize that they would really dislike it in the second set. Because they, and I know that because they complain about it when it happens. Well, my caveat to what I was all just saying that whole thing is that I'm actually I feel up the opposite about this because like it was it was just such a questionable like place you know um, to 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 drop that in. I just wonder what it was like if it was like wow this crowd just seems like they're having fun. We should play a really slow song five songs in. But I wonder if it's more that they felt that, that indoor show smallish venue. Mm-hmm. Uh, compared to you know coming out of the gorge, mm-hmm. um, that maybe they felt they could get away with that stuff in you know sort of a more intimate feeling mm-hmm. environment. Yeah, could be, could be. Uh, new new Mike song followed. I don't dislike that song. Uh, Keeping it real. Yeah, <laughs> I kept it real. He was the the lyrics are pretty funny about how he's like, you know, a big rock star like when he's waiting in line for his coconut cold brew. Um, yeah. It's kind of funny, um, so like sort of self-derogatory, um, you know, sort of stuff. Not derogatory, but you know, what I'm talking about whatever the right. other word is. Yeah. Um, and we're, we're we're probably taking too long on this, but drivers yeah. drivers pretty and good to see. Nice of them to acknowledge the sign, the banner that was hanging up there. Uh, yeah, both it's nice. not a song you hear obviously very often, but the, the lyrics again, a great, great Tom Trey you know combo i think the lyrics are just they're they're great um and probably a little bit overlooked just because it's not it's not played that often you know right i mean if you think if you think we're taking too long in the first set we've had several people reach out to us in the past like 12 hours asking us like where's the quick hit so (laughs) you know you want a quick hit that's what what we're doing yeah we're doing we're (laughs) trying to do it right Um, it's not it's not very quick yeah saw it again uh good saw i like saw it again um it was bound to happen at some point um, I'm not, somebody I talked to was complaining about the technical 
you know, timing or blah, 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 and the way it was played. And I don't know. I feel like that song should be played as sloppy and fuzzy as possible. It was. It was. I would so. I would obviously not have minded if they played it for another, you know, seven to 22 minutes. But right. um, but it was, yeah, it was, it was fun to hear. It was bound to happen, like you said, mostly because of, or to me at least, because of the webcast stuff, right? Right. Um, I found it a little bit, like, heavy-handed, um, only because it was, like, the first night of a free webcast. So I think they were... Um, they're playing to, into that but um it's always a cool song to hear and it's in a second set remember those versions you know back in the late 90s like those were man you oh, could man. like barely escape one of those with with your head on straight but you know it's still fun to hear like you said yep and um you know i've been raving about ocelot from this night and uh what was it the i think it was the gorge the other ocelot and uh, tahoe Oce- was the other was one. tahoe and but, yeah you know they're both very similar. They're almost mm-hmm. exactly the same length, and mm-hmm. they're really nice. So I can't complain if they keep doing them that way. But yeah, they're a little bit off the beaten path of the the southern rock style, right? Yeah, they do, they give it just a little bit of stretch, but they're really just like adding the same. I don't know how many bars it is, sixteen, twenty-four, whatever, mm-hmm. same mm-hmm. chunk of time to it. it I think it's successful. Mm-hmm. Um, I, mm-hmm. I don't think Waking Up Dead was especially successful. Mm-mm. Nope. Um, I do think that I, I, I was watching from like sort of the side stage and it looked like it was Trey's idea. Um, cause I, I think he was like going over to them and, and maybe Mike just was like, okay, let's do it. But it, it seemed like Mike had some challenges and they all kind of had some, some challenges with it. So, you know, it happens. Happens. And then, uh, number line into more, uh, yeah. to wrap up the set. You already talked about that. I don't disagree with you on that. I like those songs and they're fun. More is a good set closer, and then, uh, and then set two. Holy yeah. crap! So yeah, this, the rookie, the rookie, right? Second <laughs> outing for the Set Your Soul outing. Free, and they take it to take it deep, type two. Yeah, it was really cool, and and very. Um, when I listened back yesterday, I remembered that it was actually incredibly um, dance worthy. Most of the almost the entire jam, there was like this slowed down space funk section that was probably like i don't know how long it was it felt like it was forever and we were just dancing like robots and it was awesome i don't think i can top that i i I will say i really like listening to it um i was talking with some people on twitter just this morning um and you know there was there are people complaining that jams like this don't have the shreddy tray lead action that you used to get on the big jams in the nineties and, or even just a few years ago. Right. Um, Well, those people might want to consider maybe, you know, going to see Humphreys or just um, moving into the future because Trey is a human that changes and fish band is a band that changes. Um, although you get a little bit of that in the, the gorge chalk dust. Yeah. Um, you know, this, you get far less of it and what you have is really democratic, you know, yeah. Floydian space jamming, and it's it's rad. Yeah, I think, and it lands yeah, nicely was, into a good really twist. Cool. Um, I, I tweeted right after that, the end of that jam, that Trey Trey have, always has his perspective. I think you might disagree with this, but you know, I'll give you jams, but I will give you the jams I want to give you. You know, and that that was a good example of that. I feel like that happens sometimes. And you know, like we talked about, um, I think. Um, on the first couch report and, and many times since like the new songs are 
becoming more likely jam vehicles. Although maybe that's always been the case with, you know, Twist and um, they did it with Piper in '97. Yeah, but even going back to the '90s, right? I mean, oh, like yeah. when when those new songs came, they were they were just new new jam vehicles. So um, pretty cool. But and then what was after that? Uh, Twist. Twist, which is good. Yeah, Twist. Um, good. Super, which is always fun and. It's not taking a lot of time out of your set, so. It's, no, it was, it was, it's always good to hear that twist. The twist jam was short, but like really good while it lasted. But I, I think yeah. fan, fan art Pete said it never had a chance, which I, which I <laughs> sort of agree with. It was like the the placement of it and the way the set was going. It was it was not going to be, you know, more than a nine to ten minute jam, which yeah. which happens. But nine to ten minute jams are, you know, if you if you're sad about that, then you know, I don't really know what to tell you. Well, then you you might be in the wrong era of fish. Um, <laughs> So yeah, then a little Akasupa, and then uh, speaking of ten minute jams, sense no intro on sense and subtle sense. No intro, but straight into it. Great jam. It was good. It was very good. Very good. Ten minutes, right? It was yeah. like a ten minute. We're gonna do a ten minute thing. Um, and then so this is where I like again questioning this the selection of songs here. In I'm the last, fight you on this. Right, that's fine. But the no. last three, right? What's what was next? Wedge. So no, hang on. Since tra- goes into what's the use? Yes, and Fair. it's it's beautiful. And I, people, I will not complain about hearing what's the use twice in a week. But I but I think some people would, and I some think people that have seeing it seeing in different venues the way that it becomes silent is and then it builds back up is awesome. Like I. That's fine. I know that people think that it's more special when it happens less frequently, but again, that's um, not really for you to decide. It's not really for us Maybe to decide. For, but, <laughs> but, you know, I'll also counter, and this applies to another song on the show, is that if they only play it once or twice a year, they're not going to play it as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, no. Are we going to talk about Possum? No. I mean, okay, we are, good. but that's not what I'm talking about. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> so then they play The Wedge, and yeah. The Wedge is fun. Which is good. I mean, it's a. It's. I love the song. It, it, it's a great song. But you just had a 16-minute jam sequence, basically. You know, sense and what's the use. You've just had a pretty big, like instrumental sequence of awesome. Mm-hmm. So let's play a song. Play a song. It's a good song. They did that. Old school song. Yep. And then they play possum, and I'm gonna. I will die on this hill. Somebody, somebody offered to die on on a different hill. Regarding this song, but uh, this possum is outstanding. That's fine. I think that's fine. I think it's fine. I think I, I think an outstanding possum is is like a, just a little bit hard to wrap my head around. But but I do I, I agree. I mean, it's like Trey was feeling it. Trey was feeling it the whole night. It was it was cool to watch from the side because, and you guys saw you know webcast like he was jumping around and rocking out, having a blast. Like there's no doubt that that, that was high energy and that he was excited. Um, High energy I think my, gets a little weird, but stays tight. Yeah, yeah. Great I way to close the set. My, I guess my again, this is a me thing, you know. This is the thing about opinions is that everyone has them, and everyone else is confused by everyone else's. But um, you know, I just <laughs> I don't love possum. You know, I never, I never have. Um, I've seen it. I don't even know how many times. Thirty, maybe more. And like, it's just fine. Like, it's it's fine. You know, I think it's that I know exactly what's going to happen. And it's just like. Except a, you don't like this possum. You know, it while it resolves in the same way, the path up the mountain there is, or down the mountain, I guess. 
yeah. I guess he says he's driving down, whatever, um, is, is a little different. <laughs> That's and fair. It's great. I think our listeners should help us resolve this and tell, tweet at us or send us a message. Peripossum, anti-possum, indifferent. Um, and also, what do you think of this version? And then, uh, and so then they encore with the lizards, and it's lovely. That was cool. That was really cool. Um, yeah, and again, like, I think my only complaint, I guess, about the show is those last few songs, especially, it doesn't matter why, but those last few songs, I thought because of the two nights at Bill Graham, the last, the end of the last set, like, that they would have, that they were going to do something crazy, you know? And that's, you mean, like, play that's, first tube exactly the same as the last time they played it? Um, then no, maybe, maybe, maybe <laughs> something else. Um, what about Bats Up Gin? Oh, yeah. Well, anyway, yeah, that'd have been okay. But that, you would have seen it twice in four shows <laughs> and you would have complained about that. So I would not have complained. I'm not even complaining. I'm just no, having opinions. Yeah. It's different. I've, I'm have... just, I'm just referencing your text to me from yesterday. Okay. Listen, I'm not complaining. <laughs> I'm just expressing an opinion. Just okay. because I think that one show is better than the other doesn't think that I mean, doesn't mean that I think that one is, was bad, you know. Um, but <laughs> I will say that I think the I think the more shows you see, the more critical Repeats you become. You're get. And I and I think it's like it's kind of a, a conundrum of being a fish fan, right? Like the more if you only see one show a year, like you're probably going to go in and be like, I don't care. You know, like just play music and play it well. Although maybe there are people who only see one show a year and want to see all the things they want to see. I guess it probably goes both ways. But I think the fact that I saw four shows in a week and I was really lucky to to do that, it probably made me more, you know, critical on the last night. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so it's my fault, not fishes. You know, I like fish. Let the record show that it's RJ's fault. <laughs> all right. Let, what, what do you want to play? Do you want to play some possum for the people? Uh, that you know what I think that would be awesome. Um, a little possum for the people. Possum um, for the people. Yeah, because you, right. you all watched it on the webcast. You saw the set your soul free, and so here's a little possum. Good closer for the day. What is a city without its music? The legacy of the New York Philharmonic is incredible. Nearly two centuries of history. That's a lot of music and a lot of stories. I was sitting on stage for the very first time thinking, I can't quite believe this is happening. Join me, Jamie Bernstein, as we explore the history of the New York Philharmonic. It's the NY Phil story made in New York, a podcast about a city, its people, and their orchestra. Listen wherever you get podcasts.
This is the story of Whitney Houston. This is the story of Kurt Cobain. Of George Michael, of Otis Redding, of Amy Winehouse, of Michael Hutchins, Bob Marley. This is the story of Prince. It's a new podcast series. About how they died, why they died, and why we're still talking about them so long after. It's like nothing you've ever heard before. It's storytelling. But it's more than that, because rock stars... They tell us how we feel. They change our mood. They change the clothes we wear, the people we hang out with. The way we remember things. It's them who give us those ludicrous moments, the ones where you're... Jumping around, singing your heart out, feeling understood. And it's those moments we'll help you remember, the ones you're thinking about right now. That feeling. That feeling. It's coming soon from Crowd Network. Just search for Death of a Rockstar on your podcast app. And subscribe now. Hey, this is Aaron from No Simple Road. I'm inviting you to come hang out with Apple, Mel, and I as we talk with the musicians, artists, chefs, authors, and beyond from the world that turns us on. We're reaching into the improvisational music scene, the psychedelic culture, the festival world, and getting to know what makes the people tick that create those scenes. Come join us on the long, strange trip over at No Simple Road.